the Hit Podcast, HIT, Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. I'm your host, Toby Kennedy. We are dropping into your feed every Tuesday for what we hope is a bite-sized, digestible, but really relevant piece of content for you guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Montage Insurance Solutions. And for this week's episode, I am so excited to do a, a hit chit chat to bring somebody in and somebody that is such an absolute legend in the HR space. I feel like I should say the Jacqueline Thorpe. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tommy. That was a great introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm, you're doing well. Doing great. I'm doing great. And nothing less than you deserve for the record here. Um, I personally have, have been the benefactor of some education, literally like uh, in-class session education from you. And I just... You know, I think the HR community is is so lucky to have folks like you that dedicate their time and careers to not only learning so much about the craft of HR, but spreading that knowledge and being so generous with just kind of sharing and educating. So uh, not to uh, turn this into too much of a thank you fest, but I just want to start off by honoring what a what a, a great member of the HR community you are. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're connected on LinkedIn and... Uh, <clears throat> Jacqueline had this post the other day that said, did you know a well-implemented anti-harassment policy can reduce workplace incidences up to 75%? What do you guys think about that? And I was like, what do I think? I think I need to message Jacqueline and get her in the chair and have this conversation on camera. So uh, thank you so much for that uh, really engaging post um, on your LinkedIn and also for coming in to talk about it. But maybe can I ask you, What's, what's behind that post? What, what is a well-implemented anti-harassment policy? And kind of turn it over to, to some of your expert knowledge on that. Well, sure. What I was looking for, you know, was exactly what happened. Um, we did get lots of different opinions on that. And there are opinions that think anti-harassment training doesn't do any good. But at Train Me Today, we have maintained statistics now for over 20 years, okay? Um, since actually since in California, um, since mandatory training happened, we have had two documents that we use in the training. And the first one uh, literally is, you know, a training evaluation form, and we ask for their comments. And then the other one is a document called Everybody Has a Voice. And in it, they're asked a question. The first one is, do you think anything's changed in the last five years? Anything has changed in the last two years since you've had your training? And then um, also the other question is, what do you personally find offensive at work? So oh, great question. This data since 2005. Wow. Wow. And just to break in really quick, because I, I do want to plug it. When you mentioned Train Me Today, that's your training uh, company and, and something that if folks are more interested in this would, would be an outlet to reach out to you? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. And I do have a document if anybody wants it. Um, it answers many of the questions mm -hmm. that uh, would be, that sort of came out of that question that we posted on LinkedIn. Love it. Okay, so I don't mean to derail us, but I just want to plug train me today a little bit because God bless you for coming on. But so you've got, uh, you know, nearly 20 years of data. You're asking about five years, two years. What bothers you today at work? You know, pick it back up from there. Yeah. And so um, we, we, we have learned and our clients, we have them every two years. So mandatory training every two years, and they come back to us every 10, you know, two years. So that means we could literally have 
this data for the, from the same company for 10 years. Right, wow, yeah. And so there is not a single company out of thousands of employers that the employees say that it hasn't changed anything. They, they say it has. That's amazing. Yeah, and so um, there are, of course, very key items that they really uh, focus on. And I would say that the number one thing that makes the difference is if the senior management is very involved and um, uh, very uh, committed to doing the training. I'm so glad to hear you say that. It's so funny how often, hey, senior management, everyone wants to see you really buying into this is part of the answer, right? I mean, even just a silly example, we're talking about doing a company picnic and when senior management's manning the grill, right? Literally flipping the burgers. Like it is so meaningful from something as menial as, you know, uh, manning the grill at a barbecue all the way up to, you know, the harassment and, and all these things are, this is a big deal. And so I'm really uh, intrigued to hear you have so much data behind you, this, you know, you know, almost like you said, 20 years, thousands of employers and literally to a company, not a single one that this stuff is fruitless, right? You're not, you're not screaming it into an empty mailbox. You're not, you know, yeah. wasting money on this stuff. It's, it, it's impactful. Some of the other things that of interest that came out was bystanders. Once the bystanders understand what the harassment is, they feel safe going into human resources or to their supervisor, or their senior manager and saying, hey, there's something going on that you're not aware of. And um, we'd like to, to see a fix to it. I love so that. And just to another- unpack, I'm so sorry to jump in, to unpack bystanders a little bit for folks. You're talking about employees that maybe are not directly being harassed, but are sort of in and around the environment during uh, potentially offensive moments. Is that right? They see it. They know it's not right, but they don't, you know, know what to do about it. So the training empowers them to actually do something. And is that a meaningful kind of leg of this is, is bringing the bystanders in? Because sometimes I imagine the person on the receiving end of the harassment maybe doesn't want to make wakes or doesn't want to seem like, you know, this didn't bother me that much. Yeah, they're worried about losing their job. Yeah. You know, um, this is some of the data that has come out of, of the stuff that we've collected over the 20 years. And, um, and then, interestingly enough, we were collecting this data just for our company, right? right, right. And then it comes out in labor law cases. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, there were 10 people who saw this happen and nobody did anything. Well, training empowers those 10 people yeah. to do something. Yeah, yeah, it's a big national discourse when you're talking about policing even, right? And some of the excessive use of force and people wondering, hey, the other officers, why don't you step in, right? And it it seems so obvious in those cases. Uh, And then, you know, when we get into the workforce, it's it's a kiss and cousin to that, right? Like, hey man, you saw this person continually made jokes that not only did the person fail to recognize everyone in the room was kind of cringing, but also, hey, we're all adults, it's 2023, we know what's on and off color feel free, right? And so you're, you're maybe through your training with these organizations, developing that channel where folks that are, you know, and again, we're spending a little bit of a dive on the bystander role, but 
are you saying that you're you're able to impact their willingness to come and and getting those extra eyeballs is a big kind of way that you bend the 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 trend downward and also important was that word creating a safe space Mm. so you know this training has changed so much i (laughs) can tell you i started doing this training in 1980 I bet harassment looked a lot, lot leaner, right? What what made it oh, onto yeah. the? <laughs> they they call training putting a video on and having the people watch a fifteen minute video uh, and then they. One of the form. HR folks that I work with, and I won't name her or the company, but she talked about when she was in HR in the eighties, the president, the CEO, at regular times in the week would open his door, walk down the hall and go, all right, ladies, it's massage time. And we just walk oh. around rubbing the backs and shoulders of all the female employees. And you're like, that was totally normal. There was no, <laughs> nobody raised an issue that wasn't even considered discrimination. You think, my God, in just a couple of decades, right? And for me, you know, I, I kind of entered in the working world right around, I was right around the 2000s. I was going to say the turn of the century. It makes me sound, you know, like a back in the 1900s, <laughs> but uh uh, you know, it just it's so funny how even just one working generation to the next, you're aghast at some of the things like, oh, my, this sounds like a, a cartoon. Is that real? Right. And so for you to have this experience of training that really has seen the corporate work world try to make the workplace, you mentioned a safe space. But and that's such a great word where it's like, guys, we're really trying to do deliverables. We're trying to you know build widgets and gadgets or interface with clients. And we shouldn't have to be subjected to a lot of the things that uh, were kind of going on and probably still are to a certain extent. And they are sadly still going on. But the difference is in the 80s, we had nowhere to go with this. Right. And then today you can go to your HR department. You can go to the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, or uh, it's now called Civil Rights Department. Sorry about that. And um, there's just you know, lots of places you can go to get help. So there's absolutely no reason not to take some kind of action. I mean, that's why I started off by thinking, you know, you and folks like you, where it's like, hey, listen, you know, it's all that work kind of person by person, meeting by meeting, training by training, that brings us into a place where, like you said, now we have a place to go. And when you at Train Me Today and your organizations and organizations like you are doing your job well, as you said, you've got data to show, guys, we're, we're, we're truly doing the work of bringing down frequencies and instances. And, you know, I think that, you know, not only does that matter if you just want to care about human beings and having, you know, people be able to come to work, but even if you're just sort of coldly looking at this from a business standpoint, there's a lot of practical reasons why you might want to make sure that your space is not rife with potential lawsuits, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you have to remember, you and our our listeners, everyone has to remember, we're in California. Yes. Okay. And so it's a whole different ballgame in this state. Um, if, if, If you were working in another state, they're still subject to a lot of this abuse. Yeah. Um. With, with absolutely no consequences, and it kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, but here in California, and there are seven, eight other states that follow right along with us, um, you, are, you are protected. You, you, you can talk about it. it. 
honestly, there was a time in my life as an HR manager where I did an investigation that proved uh, one of our marketing VPs was really a, a, a terrible, terrible yeah. person. And um, I got, I didn't get fired, but I got a really nice package. Oh. And I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Gosh. Okay. I could never tell anybody what happened. Um, and today, you can. Right. So today, if I wanted to, I could tell the entire world what happened and absolutely have no uh, fear. Yeah. And so that's that's only been really the last five years in California. Yeah. Yeah. But it happened. It, it did happen. So I, yeah. I'm so... So grateful for that and for those changes. Yeah, you know, I didn't necessarily intend to ask any kind of activism questions here, but just as the conversation wades into that direction, do you have thoughts on what folks might do in those other states? Or, I mean, how can we get to a place where folks that, you know, happen to call home somewhere outside of the California borders, maybe they can go to a work environment that's not quite as, um, you know, heavy on them emotionally and anxiety-wise? The nice thing, uh, and I've worked for employers that headquarters were outside of California. Mm -hmm. And most of the ones that I worked for, of course, um, were very ethical organizations. And so also they were very successful organizations, which means that it was a good business practice to have anti-harassment training. Right. create safe places for everybody. Right, right. Yeah, going back to, you know, again, there's there's the twofold reason for this, right? There's the do the right thing reason because, you know, at some point, you know, you got to meet your maker and look them in the eye, right, if that's what you believe. But the, the flip side, too, is if you're just trying to make a buck and you're coldly trying to right. be as profitable as possible, it's it's good business not to be batting down lawsuits left, right, and center, right? Well, and, and, it's, and also uh, – my thought on that is it's good business for production. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What a great comment. Yeah. It, it, we're, we're running, um, I own, you know, a couple of different companies. And we, I have really had to take the stance of everything that we do when it comes to this kind of training is about having high producing employees. That's right. That's and right. You know, if you know anything again about Train Me Today, our we we did hire a new trainer just a few months ago. But other than that, our least senior employee is five years. I think Montage is the same, right? Don't you have <sighs> a lot of bless you. Uh, thank you for the plug there. Yes, most of our senior leadership. You know, I'm, I'm looking around. It's like ten years, fifteen years, yeah. twelve years. You know, I'm in my seventeenth year with our organization here. So yeah, I think that you're right. When you know, I made the comment about batting down lawsuits left and right. And you came right on the tail of that with just even the presenteeism and the productivity and the the ability to get more out of a day. Of course, that goes up higher and through the roof comparatively when you're not, you know, feeling some of the 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 ramifications of of, of a, a workplace that's got some of the harassment and, and some of the discrimination and some of the the negatives that you guys look to root out over there. So. <clears throat> I think it's been really, uh, thank you so much for this conversation. And I wonder if, if we can't leave. So if you're a listener out there and you're in HR and you're thinking, all right, Jacqueline, you've got a ton of wisdom and knowledge and thank you for sharing some of your time with me. What's something they can take away or do or you know, a message you would want to give while we're on this topic of helping employers uh, move along this continuum? If I'm in HR, one of these employers, what's a, what's a takeaway for me? Well, you like, 
this, a lot of people get upset when I, I talk about this because upset them, do training, it. This whole conversation's been upsetting. Come on. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, at, at Train Me Today, we actually do anti harassment training. Mm -hmm. But here's my takeaway I believe the human resources manager, the on site human resources practitioner, should be trained to do the training themselves on site. Yeah. And the reason for that is because the employees need to know there is somebody who is knowledgeable and understands not only the law, but the impact that it has on employees. Yeah. And they're the ones who need to be doing the training. It almost reminds me of the senior management comment you made earlier, where one of the biggest single drivers that you've seen is buy-in from senior management. And I think the heart of that comment is, when employees and potentially even org chart subordinate employees look up and see a champion internally, it means something. And that's likewise on the HR side, if what you're seeing is the local HR person just offloads it, gives it to someone else, maybe they do or don't really PR it that hard or care that hard, it's different than if they've taken this on, they've become the expert and they're the champion, uh, then, then I, I think what you're saying is maybe the, the results would be a little bit different. Absolutely. And we have a train the trainer class that will train them to do the exact training that we would do if we went there. And That's not awesome. only that, then we become, well, you and I have been connected for over 20 years, That's right. right? Near enough. Yeah. yeah. So all of our students become mentors Yes. Uh, or, or mentees. We, we are the mentors. They are the mentees and they can always contact us mm -hmm. and, you know, get feedback and they should recertify every two years. Well, I'll give you credit where credit's due. They also become mentors. Your tree yeah. of HR professionals is deep and wide. And some of the folks that I've met through you, I've known for a long time, and I've seen them develop other HR folks underneath them, right? So they do, in fact, I would argue, become mentors also. So it, it, I think, yeah, it all comes down to education. And I, I'm just grateful to have this dialogue surrounding as you said earlier, you know, there's a little bit of a mixed bag in the HR community about the efficacy of these sorts of trainings or the need or the want. And you've got a lot of data that shows, hey, if, you, if you're an HR practitioner, not only is this something that's it's valuable to bring to your company, but it's valuable to put that arrow in your own quiver, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jacqueline. And thank you, audience. That is all the time we have. Jacqueline, I'll let you in on a secret. When we end our episodes, I always say, make this the best week yet. Uh, and I think that what I'm trying to inspire for folks is that on a day-by-day -day and week-by-week -week basis, if we keep trying to show up and get a little bit better, then we can all grow. And it's hopefully forums like this, and it's certainly folks like you out there, um, that are really making a difference. So, so thank you for joining us and to the audience. Until next week, make this the best week yet.